It's quarterback day. We're breaking down the Gophers depth chart for quarterbacks and who Ethan Kalik Manis reminds me of from the collegiate football eras. And then we're going to rank every single quarterback for the Big Ten. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Turns out, we're just gonna keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, Friday, we slipped up a little bit. We didn't get that basketball talk in, but I will be sure to get an extra one in here in the next coming weeks before the season officially kicks off. But we're breaking it down, the depth chart for the Gophers. Where are the rooms looking? Who could potentially be starters? Who are more backups? And who is the future at each position group today? We're talking quarterbacks, the most important position on the field. And we're going to rank every single one of the quarterbacks or the quarterback rooms in the Big Ten. So definitely be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the content because we're doing this for every single position group so hit subscribe over on youtube follow wherever you get the podcast at locked on golden gophers because we're going to be at it until almost kickoff we got 10 position groups we're going to be breaking down today we've got quarterbacks and today's show is brought to you by linkedin these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster and free. Visit LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Terms and conditions apply. Now, before we dive into the Gophers quarterback room as a whole, there was one college quarterback that really stood out to me when it comes to looking at Ethan Kaliak Manis game and a former college quarterback that many people know and a lot of people loved, and that is Colt McCoy. Now, Colt McCoy of the Texas Longhorns. It might not be the most sexy name for fans to think about when it's talking about comparing a playing style. Some fans might solely who only paid attention to the Big Ten might not even know who Colt McCoy is. They might not recognize the name, but stylistically, I see strong similarities between Ethan Kalik Manis and Colt McCoy. Now, just because Colt McCoy is a quarterback two in the NFL and he's never really been a huge big time starter at the NFL level doesn't mean that you should take that that comparison with uh, a great a disdain is the word I'm looking for there because. Texas Longhorn quarterback Colt McCoy was an absolute baller at the collegiate level. Now, Colt McCoy, like I said, played for the Texas Longhorns, but he played following the Vince Young years, that magic of Vince Young. He followed in right after. Now, he redshirt in year one. Then he won the job in year two. And his first full year as the guy went 2,500 pass yards uh, 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He also had two, nearly 200 yards rushing on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. But the next three years after that, the game really kind of slowed down for him, passing for three straight years of over 3,300 pass yards. And then he had years back to back to back with 22 touchdowns, 34 touchdowns, and 27 touchdowns passing. Now the interceptions were up and down a bit with him, 18 in that second year, 
eight in the third year and then 12 in the fourth year. So kind of ups and downs when it came to turning the ball over, but he wasn't afraid to take a risk or take the deep shot. But he was also a threat on the ground running the ball 300, 500 yards each season after that initial first one. Now, in fact, if you listen to Colt McCoy's NFL draft profile in 2010, they said he has the ability to make things happen with his feet at any time, but also great pocket awareness and an uncanny ability to get his head up and find the open guy, even when on the run or being chased down. Now, while McCoy doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, he has more than adequate strength and puts nice zip on his ball shows great awareness and accuracy against elite competition. Now I took that compared to Athens high school prospect status coming into the collegiate football level. And what they had to say about Athen was he has shows the arm talent to make all the necessary throws snappy, quick release with good ball speed and consistent zip in the short and intermediate passes athletic enough to escape pressure keeps plays alive and can throw from odd angles without setting his feet calm under pressure does not panic will stand in the pocket and make throws with pressure in his face. Think about those two things. What we saw after Colt McCoy's college stint is everything that you hear about Ethan heading into his college stint. And then on top of that, you've got the similarities of both guys redshirting. Both have very similar strengths, like I was saying. They both had a program legend before them with Vince Young on the Texas Longhorns and Tanner Morgan, who set many records for the Gophers. Then you've got on top of that instinctual players. Both of them are high instinct players that are always keeping their head down the field, looking and anticipating where they can get the ball. They have a quiet confidence and swagger about them. They're not the most vocal guys. They're not guys that are going to go out there and bark at you, but they're going to show you with their play on the field and they're going to rally their guys around them with that quiet confidence, that calm swagger. And that is what both of these quarterbacks bring with them on top of they're not afraid to stand in there and take a hit whether it's in a whiteout crowd whether it's in a bcs national championship they will step up and wait till that throw presents itself stand in there take a hit and throw it with heavy pressure eyes always downfield for both of these guys always looking for the open guy and they have the upside to throw a lot of touchdowns and make chaotic situations not look too bad, still complete things in chaotic situations, but they also have a high risk of maybe turnovers or risky plays because they have the the thought process that they can really drop it in there in a bucket. Now, it won't always drop in there because maybe a D-back makes a great play or maybe it was a little bit too tight of coverage, but they're not afraid to take that risk. So I see a lot of similarities between the two players. Now, the main difference is completion percentage at this point in time, and this will be the biggest area of growth we need to see from Ethan Kalik-Manis with the more opportunity he has heading into the 2023 season. Now, there are flashes from the first start at Penn State to the end of the year. Ethan's passing percentage went up every single game, game to game, except for the Iowa game, and that game is slightly fluky with him a little bit because he started seven for nine, then he wasn't really allowed to pass the ball for the next two quarters, all but two more times. And then the vaunted third and long that was a good pass, bounced off his receiver's hands, was tipped, intercepted, and basically iced out the game. That's three passing shots. And then you have three basically Hail Mary type situations where you're trying to get the ball back into 
a scoring position to end the game at Iowa in the winter, in the cold, in mid-November in Dinkytown. So again, a little bit of a fluky game when it comes to passing completion percentage. Now, regardless, the upside is high for the young gopher signal caller, and we will be looking for him to make potential and or play into his potential in 2023 and beyond but it's not just Ethan on the quarterbacks for the Minnesota roster we're talking all of the Gophers quarterback depth coming up next how is the roof shape how is the room shaping up behind the magic eight ball if things go awry what who will step in who will be there and plus could the future behind Ethan Calicmanis already be committed to the team we're talking about that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager and you want to be 100%. You get the right quality candidates faster and hire them even quicker than before. And you can do it for free over at LinkedIn jobs. Now you just go and you create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. And then you add a purple hashtag saying hiring to your profile picture. So others in your network can see it and they can recommend to you, Oh, this person might be a good fit or, Oh, I know people in that specialty that might be phenomenal for your team. It's a quick word of mouth spread on top of one of the largest networks out there when it comes to finding the right people. So you can quickly prioritize those simple tools like screening questions and more to make it easier to focus on the candidates with the right skills for you. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates to talk to faster than ever. And you can post about your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Gophers fans, we are talking about the depth chart. We're breaking these rooms down room by room. Tomorrow we will cover the running backs, but today it is the quarterbacks. And so when we're looking at the Gophers roster when it comes to quarterbacks, we know starting quarterback QB1 is Ethan Kaliakmanis. He's got a ton of strengths when it comes to arm talent, placement throws, being mobile, and he has been impressing so far, especially since that Wisconsin game. That really had people on the radar. Oh, this kid could be special. But it wasn't just that for the coaches or the players on his team where they're seeing that. We've been hearing about Ethan Kaliakmanis since he was a scout team quarterback in his true freshman year where he redshirt, but he was tearing up the defense. We've heard from guys like Coney Durr and other defenders who were like, man, we knew this kid was going to be something when he came out here and was just lighting us up on the defensive end. So they've seen the talent from day one of Ethan entering, and he's only got more confident, 
He's got more understanding. The field IQ has been growing. Reading the field is coming along. So the upside is immense. The ceiling is high. Now, improvements that we will be looking for for Ethan Kalik Manis this upcoming season as he progresses is quickening getting through those progressions and the reads and then an uptick in the completion percentage. Now, like I said in the show last week, if you look at the Wisconsin game and you look at the beginning of the bowl game prior to him getting injured, he was on a roll. He was at like 86 completion percentage, almost 400 yards passing, and multiple touchdowns. The upside is there, and as it was progressing, as they were kind of letting the reins go and letting this guy play his game, it was looking good. So the upside is there. I am excited for the potential. We know about the Gopher starter, but what is behind him? Now, first, you've got Cole Kramer. He's from Eden Prairie. He's been in the program for a while now. Rock solid QB2. He's accurate. He has shown the ability to run in some wildcat formations over the years, and he looked great in the spring game. He had huge passes to Lemecki Brockington. There are times in the fall camp where he looks like he might be cleaner when it comes to the accuracy or taking the easy routes than Ethan sometimes because he's not trying to uh, really flash that ability or make the, the expert play, the impressive play, the challenging throw. Cole will usually take what is presented to him. He'll take the easier throw. He'll take the check down, but he plays smart. So you love to have that in a quarterback too. Now he mentioned to the media on Gophers media days that he'll likely use his COVID year. So not only will he be here for 2023, but he more than likely will be here for 2024 as well. He brings great leadership qualities. So you've got a solid QB one and QB two on this roster. Now you move to the youth behind them and you're looking at Drew Vioto. He's a true freshman this upcoming year. Most likely probably will redshirt in this upcoming year. Very cerebral quarterback. We've heard a lot about him being very smart, but very quick to pick up the playbook and understand things. He asks a lot of questions, which is good. And he looked like he was coming along pretty quickly in the spring. Maybe his development potentially pushed Jacob Knuth to the transfer portal. Now his play style in Viotos reminds me a lot of Tanner Morgan, to be honest. And I think he could possibly push Cole Kramer for that quarterback two position in 2024. We'll have to see as that develops. But again, it's his true freshman season. He's got the whole year to kind of really grow in the strength program, to continue to pick up and slow down the game, but pick up the speed of the playbook and whatnot. And you know what? One thing that stands out with Vioto is his rain workout with Kirk Shiraka. Uh, Kirk Shiraka went out to see Drew Vioto. It was raining, and they were talking about, oh, we can move this indoors. And he was like, no, I can do it out here. And he shows his confidence and his grit and was zipping passes through the weather that might not be the most ideal to show yourself off in front of a coach. So he's not afraid of adversity. He's not afraid to push through it all. And he showed that he can handle some Big Ten weather in that as well, and it earned him a scholarship. So overall, I think he has showed a couple maybe young struggles in this fall camp, but he's a true freshman and he will come along as the time goes on. And then the final quarterback on the roster right now is Max Shikajansky from Stillwater. He's a walk-on. I'm surprised he didn't take a basketball scholarship offer somewhere because he's very good at basketball as well. It tells you the type of athlete he is. And Overall, he's a legacy kid. His parents went to the U of M. I'm not sure he's going to get a lot of opportunities to see the field as a quarterback for the Gophers, but right now he is in that quarterback room. He is learning with those guys, and he definitely has had success at the Minnesota high school level. We'll see if that carries over to the collegiate football level. 
But what's the future beyond Ethan Kelly McManus? That was that's what people might be curious about in the back of their heads. Not like, oh, we got to push this guy out the door. I mean, nothing like that. But the fact that you always want to know that there is some sort of succession or that there's some sort of plan in place in case everything went awry. So when you're looking at the future, three years from now, are there guys that will be learning and growing? Yes, we talked about Vyoto and Chikajansky, but you also have a commitment from the 2024 class in Drake Lindsay. Now, that is the name to maybe keep an eye on moving forward. He seems to be raising in his recruiting rankings. Dude is massive already, a quarterback who is six foot five, 220 pounds, and has a cannon arm. Now, Lindsay will probably redshirt in his freshman year because, again, Ethan will be here and will be starting. But we are talking potentially sitting one more year beyond that, which is what we just saw Ethan Kalik manage to do with Tanner Morgan prior to Morgan's injury. So, I think you could see a similar path in that type of uh, uh, progression moving forward. But he could be more of a raw player than what most quarterbacks coming out of the recruiting rankings are typically when it comes to trying to, is he is he ready to get on the field right away? Probably not. He's probably a guy that's going to take not only that redshirt year, but maybe that extra year to let things get more natural, more flow, let the game slow down, let it come to him, understand the full play, playbook in the process and learn from who is in front of him. Now, it's not a bad progression at all for the Gophers moving forward. So he could be a future starter down the year down the line, maybe a few years from now, we'll keep an eye on him. We'll keep an eye on the quarterbacks of the 2025 class as that class starts to get into full swing heading into the fall and next year's early beginning stages. But that's kind of what the quarterback position is looking like for the Gophers, both now and moving forward. Excitement, excitement, excitement when it comes to Ethan Kelly McManus. But where does he rank within the Big Ten? We're going to rank the entire Big Ten conference when it comes to their quarterback rooms. We're mainly looking at 2023, but I'm ranking them all coming up next to wrap this one up. All right, Gophers fans, we are ranking the entire Big Ten Conference and how their quarterback room shapes out when it comes to it. Now, we're talking solely about the 2023 season. I'm not talking about potential upside, who's the best talent, who is whatever. I'm talking about by the end of the season, how do I think that the quarterbacks will finish in the conference barring health? At the end of the year, when it's all said and done, how will they rank as quarterbacks at the end of the season. I just want to stress that because I think a lot of people get kind of confused on these rankings of you think right now this person is this. No, it's not right now. We are projecting at the end of 2023, which in this given season, this one year, how do you rank the Big Ten quarterback? So we're going to kick it off with our number 14. And number 14, you can see if you're over on YouTube, is Rutgers. Now, Rutgers is Gavin Wimsat is the guy I'm looking at as the starter. I'm just going to give a brief reason and keep moving on to the next quarterback since we've got 14 to get through. But Gavin Wimsat, I think maybe Kirk Shiraka can fix the pass game for Rutgers, but I was not impressed at all when it came to anything I saw from any of the Rutgers quarterbacks last season. Now you go over to number 13, and you've got Indiana, and Taven Jackson I think could be the starter here. It looks like they're looking at both uh, Jackson and another true freshman that walked on as well. So we'll see who wins that battle. We don't know who the starter is at IU, who's locked in right now, but maybe we see that battle play into the season as well, whether it be at the start or if there's struggles, then they maybe make a switch in the year. But that's why they're down here at the bottom 13 for me, because I don't really know if one starter will make it 
get through the entire season. We move on to number 12. Number 12 is Ben Bryant. Now, Ben Bryant is the Northwestern quarterback coming in from Cincinnati. This team is going to struggle, and I'm not sure Bryant will be able to hang around in the Power Five like he did when he was with Cincinnati. So then we move on to number 11, and number 11 for me is Michigan State. Now, who will be starting at Michigan State? That is a massive question. Is it Noah Kim? Is it Caden Hauser? Could Sam Leavitt really sneak in there? Now, I don't think Leavitt's going to be in that conversation. I think it's mainly Hauser and Kim. A lot of people seem to be leaning Kim. Hauser's got a higher recruiting ranking, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But if Kim struggles, if the team struggles, like I anticipate they're going to, then maybe Michigan State makes a switch in the middle of the year. And so again, that's going to affect their rankings for me at the end of the season. So Michigan State comes in at number 11. Now, if you're on YouTube or if you're not on YouTube, you can see the entire ranking scrolling across the bottom of the screen. I hope you enjoy that so you can keep up with the entire rankings. But we move to number 10 and number 10 might shock some people here, but I've got Nebraska and Jeff Sims coming in at number 10. Now, this one might tick off some Huskers fans, but I think solely the reason people are so excited about Jeff Sims as the athleticism. And I do not blame you for that one bit. His accuracy though, his accuracy worries me. And Nebraska really wants that temple Matt rule offense, a lot of running, a lot of two tight end systems. So how much passing are we going to see? We don't know. And we've already, I've already said that the accuracy kind of scares me off a little bit. So I'm curious how it all plays out. Plus he just lost one of their best weapons in Xavier Betts, who is no longer with the program. And we still don't know about Eric Gilbert. So I've got him coming in at number 10. Number nine, we've got the Illinois Fighting Illini and their starting quarterback, Luke Altmyer. Now, I think Luke Altmyer could be the perfect fit for Illinois in this offense. It may not be a flashy or a sexy name, but his highlights, uh, he might not have all the highlights in the world when it comes to a quarterback and things that get you excited, but I think he will be very productive, potentially more productive than uh, Tommy DeVito, who we just saw do very well with Illinois. So I think Luke Altmeyer will be a nice quarterback out there for them. Coming in at number eight, another one that might tick some people off, but I've got Hudson Card. Now, if you've listened to me in the Purdue breakdown episode that I did like a couple weeks ago, or if you've just heard me talk about these quarterbacks in general, I'm not all bought in. I'm not all sold on Hudson Card being an elite quarterback in the Big Ten. I think he struggled at Texas at times. Now he takes care of the ball, which is great, but I'm not a major believer. I've already voiced that, but like I said, he's efficient. He takes care of the ball. So those are things you like to see, but I think Purdue could be playing from behind to keep his production up, to get him in front of all these others we've listed, but I'm not sure he's going to be a top end quarterback when it comes to the Big Ten. Now, number seven, I've got the Gophers. I've got Ethan Kalikmanis coming in at number seven for the 2023 season at the end of the year. Again, I want to stress that. Now, I think the pass game weapons that Minnesota has will allow Ethan to be more productive and show his upside more than the weapons of those below him, more than Hudson Card, more than Jeff Sims and all of them because of the weapons he has surrounding him. Two Bolitnikoff Award watch list guys in Elijah Spencer and Corey Crooms. Plus, you've got Crab coming back who has shown he can be a versatile threat in the Big Ten. Daniel Jackson led the team in receiving last year. And then we all know Brevin Spanford, who will be a big time player for Minnesota. So outside of Ohio State's pass catchers, I think Minnesota could have the deepest group, which will help Ethan be more productive in the 2023 season coming in at number seven.
Now, at number six, this is all barring health. I think he's going to be okay from what I've been gathering, but Cade McNamara of Iowa, as a player, I don't think he has the same upside as some of the quarterbacks behind him, like Sims, like Card, like Ethan. But that said, I think he is the perfect game manager type quarterback. I think he's the perfect quarterback that can get it done. When I think of NFL types, I'm thinking of like your Kirk Cousins or your Derek Carr or Dak Prescott, somebody that can go in there, hang up some point, hang up some passes and do good. But they don't have to do amazing things. They just have to make sure they take care of the ball and keep it out of harm's way. I think Cade McNamara will do really well with that. And overall, he can be really productive with the Hawkeyes. Now, number five, I've got Ohio State. Kyle McCord, I think, will be the starter. It's hard not to imagine a Ohio State quarterback finishing in the top five in the conference with those wide receivers of Marvin Harrison Jr., of Emeka Egbuka, of Julian Fleming, Cade Stover coming back, and then all of the true freshmen that are highly ranked as well. It is very hard to not put a Ohio State quarterback in that top five. So I've got him coming in at number five. I don't. I think he'll do enough to be dangerous, but I don't think he's going to be of the level of a Justin Fields or a C.J. Stroud. Now we flip it to number four, and it's gross as it is. I've got Wisconsin coming in at number four with Tanner Mordecai. Now Tanner Mordecai could finish higher on this list as well because Phil Longo's offense should give this man all of the opportunity in the world to possibly lead the conference in production when it comes to yards. Uh, But when it comes to the bigger picture, the overall picture of a quarterback in the conference, I think the biggest question mark will be turnovers for Wisconsin and Tanner Mordecai. And so that's why I've got him a little bit lower heading into this or finishing off this next season. Number three, I've got Drew Aller. I think he could be the best quarterback talent-wise in the entire conference, most highly maybe rated as a high school recruit in the entire conference, immense upside, similar to J.J. McCarthy. I think that the deadly running game that Penn State has in Singleton and Catron Allen will allow him to have some advantageous openings in the receiving game to maybe have some big plays. I think Aller is going to shock a lot of people and be very good in 2023. Number two, I've got Maryland. I've got Talia Tungavailoa. We've seen him be the focus of this offense for a couple of years now. He had SEC offers that were fended off to finish out his career here at Maryland. They're going to let him throw. They're going to let him do his thing, and he'll have to in order to give them any sort of chance against your Michigans, your Ohio States, your Penn States, and thus forth. So Maryland's quarterback comes in at number two. I think he will be one of the most productive quarterbacks in the entire Big Ten in 2023. That leaves us to number one, which is, of course, Michigan and J.J. McCarthy. I think he has the best team surrounding him. The run game should allow the opportunity to capitalize through the air. And if anything happens, like we saw towards the end of the year, where they allowed him to throw it more in that TCU game, allowed him to throw it more in that Ohio State game, if they let him do more of that in the season, I think he finishes as the most productive quarterback in 2023 for the Big Ten. That's going to wrap up our Big Ten quarterbacks. Now, tomorrow we're talking running backs. So we're breaking down the Gophers depth chart again, and we're doing Big Ten rankings for every single position group. So if you want to hear that more, be sure to hit follow wherever you're listening to the podcast. Be here to sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. And I will see you then. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. And I will see you tomorrow. Don't forget to subscribe.